But I will say from FSU side, this is something that was constructed, that was put together for months now, just in case this type of situation happened. This is not the only kind of package for what I've been told that is prepared for other players that Florida State has put themselves in the right spot Mm -hmm. on building relationships. And Mims is definitely your high-profile guy. And so they've set up a very nice package that I think, you know, the relationships are already there. I don't think FSU is too worried about that. Just maybe some extra incentives on the side to help nowadays with an NIL. That just bodes even even better for you. And hey guys, it's Terrence Man. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live. Go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnum Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here's the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here on a very fun Exciting and drama-filled Thursday night here in Tallahassee after some crazy, wild things happening. You even have Dustin leaving the daytime job to uh, go do some work at the Morrison out there. Might be out there again tomorrow. Uh, got some things going on here uh, to discuss. Also, we've got a spring game to recap. Maybe we'll jump into our overall thoughts of the spring. Also, recruiting after Florida State had a big-time recruiting weekend during the spring game. So we will jump into that after we talk to a lot, a lot of recruits and got their takeaways, including the number one player in the 2024 class and the number one quarterback in the 2024 class. Uh, and then we'll jump into some basketball, quick hitters, some guys in the NBA heading into playoffs some former Knowles and Austin will give us the latest on that along with some transfer news too, which is a big deal for Leonard Hamilton and the staff as they are jumping big time this cycle, it seems like, into the transfer portal. So, talk Amarius Smith. We'll talk about Amarius Smith. We brought up the show with me this evening. Is Dude, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Dustin Lewis, lead writer and editor. We've got Austin Beasy at the top right. Lead basketball writer. And then Nate Greer, bottom right. Back with us, lead recruiting insider. Gentlemen, what a what a fun last, well, now getting close to four, uh, 24 hours. It's been a doozy, man. I tell you, I feel like social media and the Discord and everything is just moving like a, a thousand miles a second. Can never, can never be caught up. You know, I I just feel like head's been going all day, all day. But I'm happy to be here with you guys. I guess all things considered. I guess. Wow, thanks, yeah. Dilo. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for that. I appreciate it. It's it's been wild, Nate. How was your break from us last week? Good to have you back. I mean, you know, you know, I hope uh, things went well. I mean, duty called. I had to be at work, you know, so. Yep. But it's good to be back, man, you know, bring some livelihood to this, you know, podcast. 
Let me tell you, you sound very energetic tonight. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I, I was watching something on, uh, on TV. So no, no, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Let me get there we go. Yeah. Oh my Jesus, this is not good. This is not good. But yeah, uh, this is this is good stuff. We've got a lot to talk about uh, this evening. Before we get started, everybody hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Subscribe. We won't hold a gun to your head to do that, but we definitely would appreciate it. Also, make sure that uh, you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify for all of you audio people. I know we'll have a lot of YouTube viewers this evening. But if you're on iTunes and all those other platforms, make sure you hit that like or hit that subscribe button so then you get notified every time we release a new episode. Let's get straight to it because that's what everybody's here, just like uh, Louis T says here. Um, get to the point. I like we got, it. We've got to get to the point. But then he said earlier, he better be committed by the time this comes up or y'all are going to look stupid. I hate to tell you that, whoa, but that, we're, not that outlet. We're, not, we're, not, we're not that outlet. We're not that outlet. We're not going to name that outlet. Uh, we don't want to give the viewers some, some, you know, head them, you know, send them their way. But we're not going to bring up that outlet. But yes, we'll start. Let's start talking to Marius Mims. So we got word yesterday, um, or I was getting word early on in the morning that Marius Mims would be meeting in Tallahassee, not necessarily on Florida State's campus, but meeting with Florida State's, or not really Florida State's, but the not the Rising Sphere NIL program. And that was a dinner set up. There was a presentation set up. Um, you know, we saw a couple other outlets at that hotel taking shots and videos. We weren't, you know, going a little that way far with it, but you know, got to see that I wish actually I would have come been there. I know you wanted to go there. Or would you have gone and stayed in that hotel and just been like a full on stalker? I mean, whatever you gotta do to get the views, man. For your clout clout chaser they they got it you know i wish i would have been there to get it i'll tell you that <laughs> what, what what's the dividend what's the payoff though they broke that he was here before anybody else and they got him arriving and the coach is greeting him so pretty that's cool great. moment that's great you know but you know it, does, it, it doesn't pay off in the long run when it pisses, when it makes people pissed off Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, a presentation with the NIL group called Rising Spear, who's uh, we actually had an interview with them earlier last week for all you podcast listeners. That's going to be shared over the weekend for you guys, which just will fit perfectly with this Amarius Mems visit. But whole families here, you know, we got to see them in person arrive at Doe Campbell Stadium this morning. Got to see dad, mom, I believe some siblings, and I believe a friend of Amarius is here. I'm not necessarily sure if that is his brother or not, but I know I believe his sisters are here. So uh, a lot of his family are in town to visit. This is by far the number one transfer in the country right now. Um, and Nate, I'd probably give it to you, Dilu, too. But just going back, really, to show the listeners, you know, the relationship with Florida State during his recruitment, which he ended up picking Georgia. Florida State was really high up there, and. Mm -hmm. and they built that relationship very well. You got to look at Coach Atkins, and I think Norvell really two hands on here also. Those two really key connected. And Coach Atkins, you know, near the end of his recruitment, you know, I think Mems, you know, said it multiple times. That's a coach that I'm always going to stay in contact no matter where I go. Mm -hmm. And look now where this has opened up a door for Florida State to possibly land one of the top transfers in the country, but number probably the most important your biggest need and that's a tackle 
with a very high upside. And you're looking at a guy that has six, seven, 330 pounds, who also looks really good in person. I will say that. Is that a seven foot one wingspan? Who can be a starter immediately for you mm-hmm. and end up being a possible NFL uh, product in the first, second round guy. This, this is a very talented offensive lineman coming in. But just maybe relay back to going through that recruitment with Mems and, and Florida State. You want you want to go first, Dustin? I can. You know, really, really, it came down to Florida State and in-state Georgia, obviously. And the main sticking point for FSU was that relationship with Alex Atkins. You know, it really seemed like that was the position coach, one of the position coaches across the country that he had really developed a relationship. Someone, someone that he could trust. And even when Mims committed to Georgia um, during the fall of 2020, leading up to early signing day, Atkins continued to stay in contact with him, doing what he can, just continued to foster that relationship. And like you said, Logan, now you you see it pay off with him entering the transfer portal, Florida State getting that first visit and, and maybe the final visit. You know, we'll see how it works out over the next couple of days, but I'm sure the staff doesn't want him to leave Tallahassee without some sort of uh, commitment in hand. Um, if you really look back at it, um, Coach Atkins has been recruiting men since he was at UNC Charlotte. So when you have a what three three year two three year relationship that they've had, I think you know coming over to FSU, you know, you know Mims had an opportunity to play on the big stage with Atkins, but you know Georgia was always probably going to be the the team that he always ended up with. But, you know, Florida State, Norvell, like you said, Logan Atkins, they did a really great job in his recruitment. Um, you know, the, the one thing that, you know, Atkins always does is that, you know, he's very honest with these kids and he tells them, you know, this is what you do well, this is what you need to work on. You know, if you want to play at this level, this is what I need from you and this is what you expect from me. And a lot of times, you know, that's it with with football. It's more about building a, a personal relationship, and you know, this is it. It's okay to finish second sometimes. Now, I think someone put that out there, and, and you know, I'll repeat that. It's it's a good point. You know, unfortunately, you know, the transfer portal is here to stay, but you know, it, it, it it's a it's a benefit if you are a finalist with the recruitment. It's, it's a benefit if you have a great relationship with the player because it's not always, as we've seen on both sides of the coin for FSU, you know, another kid into the two kids enter the portal today from FSU. It's not, it doesn't always work out, but for, for FSU to, you know, keep that relationship going, Atkins stayed in contact with them um, as more of a, a figure in his life. Um, it bodes well. And you get a kid, like you said, Logan, that, you know, exponentially improves the the tackle room if he comes like everyone expects. And you you get a two-year starter that has, you know, day one, top 15, top 25 potential. And, you know, make no bones about it. You know, Kirby Smart, George is not happy he left. I know there's been a couple of people talking about well, you know, why is FSU pursuing a guy who, you know, George is not trying to keep? Don't get it twisted. They're trying to keep him. But, 
you know, the kids decided to move on and, and try another, another, another program. And, you know, it's looking like right now, Florida State's going to be the benefactor of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, th- I think the staff is definitely very optimistic. And I mm-hmm. think first off the bat was because of the relationship, like we've been talking about with Atkins and Norvell. And then now you've got to compete. You've got to stay on the good side and, and stay ahead of competition on the NIL part of things. And that's something where Rising Spear, since the last time I've had in-person meetings with them, I've seen major growth. And we've seen a team now actually build instead of two guys that obviously know how to do you know what they're doing in networking and, and build yeah. and raise money. But now you're starting to build a team around it to where it favors you and, and building a brand, grabbing ambassadors, social media mm-hmm. help, which is big time for both not just getting awareness, but building more revenue. That's the thing that Rising Spear was lacking all last year. Mm-hmm. But now from what I've been told, you know, the presentation that they put together for Amarius is something very substantial. That yeah, it, not only it just affects him, but mm-hmm. as a player and a, and a family, this is something that even, you know, we know the Travis Hunter, we understand all mm-hmm. of that. That was going to be the hardest thing, no matter what, for almost any college to combat with what he got supposedly from, you know, who and, and everything that went down there. But I will say from FSU side, this is something that was constructed, that was put together for months now, just in case this type of situation happened. This is not the only kind of package from what I've been told that is prepared for other players that Florida State has put themselves in the right spot on building relationships and Mims is definitely your high profile guy. And so they've set up a very nice package that I think, you know, the relationships are already there. I don't think FSU is too worried about that. Just maybe some extra incentives on the side to help nowadays with an NIL that just bodes even, even better for you. And what I was told the visit is supposed to last multiple days. As we do Mm -hmm. know, I'm expecting him still to be here. He'll be waking up here in Tallahassee tomorrow I was told there's a photo shoot happening tomorrow. Um, It's going in plan. I know there's an event happening tonight with a few things. I don't want to go too into detail, but if you guys are in a discord, you know, we're throwing continuous updates in there, but event tonight and then an event tomorrow. We'll see if he ends up staying through Saturday. There's Easter weekend also involved. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of things. This visit is definitely jam packed with activities, not only for Mims, but also, along with his family members that are here in town. And I think it's been done that way for a reason. You know, they're, they're really, they're putting a lot on that schedule today, tomorrow, and, you know, maybe, maybe into Saturday, we'll see um, for a reason. And that's, you know, we've all heard the rumors about Miami trying to get Mims down to campus and there's been some different reports and, and whatnot. Florida state, I, I think they're trying to do everything they can to, to maximize the amount of time that, him and his family are here to to lock something down before he does um, eventually decide to depart from Tallahassee, whether that's to another school or to head back home to Georgia. Um, I, I don't think, uh, I, like Logan, we're, we're all we're all burnt from Travis Hunter, you know, me in particular, because you know, I think I was his number <laughs> one fan, but you know, part of this too is not all nil with this kid and. You know, as I was talking to someone earlier today, they made a great point. And, you know, shouting out Steve, too, again, like I do once in a while. He made a good point, too, is that, you know, NIL is important, but, you know, getting on the field and getting to the pros is is the bigger payoff for for this kid. And that's where the Atkins relationship comes in. Um, 
Florida State offers the most immediate playing time, the best opportunity. And yeah, Remind me has a good offensive line coach, you know, the, the five foot three midget guy. I don't know his name, but I don't think he's, I think Atkins is just as good or maybe better. Um, plus, he gets a relationship. But I don't think that, I think as the, the next couple of weeks unfold, and if this, you know, turns out to what it's maybe looking like it's going to turn into, Florida State, the NIL and the, the, the Raising the Spear thing is, is going to be able to compete. And you know that that's going to be good for Florida State, and like you said, Logan, it's still new. You know, what's it a year old? Maybe you know. They're, no, they're, dude, it's like five months old. Five months old. So they're building their <laughs> own brand. So you know, give it time. But right now, you know, they can compete with whatever a Miami or whomever is going to try to entice this kid with. And if you get a player of this kind of impact, it's also going to encourage fans to go, oh, this can work. Mm-hmm. And it'll encourage them to keep donating, which is something FSU and Rising Spirit needs too. They need more people just involved and wanting to donate. They just don't really have that right now. You get a player like Mims, you know, it, it works in two factors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to your guys' points, uh, real quick, Rising Spirit actually tweeted 18 minutes ago that they're up to 785 donors and – on Monday, they had put out a tweet that they were at 355. So, really, you've doubled and <laughs> love to see about it. Two and a half, three days. You get Mims, it's going to double again. It'll be well over a thousand. Easily. And just just remember the Garnet membership is a, a tax deductible charity donation um, um, type of fund. So, that one, you know, it, it not only benefits what Rising Spear is trying to do, it benefits the donors themselves and it being tax deductible at the end of the year. Yeah, well, if you look at this, too, I mean, Florida State is just, like we said multiple times, just getting started on this. But we are going to share an episode over the weekend. You guys will get double episodes this week. We have a full about 30-minute episode. Me and Dustin hopped on, represented from uh, Rising Spear, and had a really good discussion about all of this. So I think it will connect perfectly with kind of understanding what Rising Spear is wanting to do and how this will maybe impact Marius Mims. But I think Nate's correct you know, fully correct on this. I don't think this is a full on NIL. Let's go test the waters with everyone around the country. Let's even see what Mm -hmm. Texas is doing. This is something from what I was told per a really strong source and all of this, this, he wants to be closer to family and I'm sorry, going down in South Florida just doesn't seem like you're going to be closer up to Georgia than you are in Tallahassee. And that plays a vital factor. And Mm -hmm. I think Florida state fans, you know, if this ends up being a, a guy that lands at FSU, I think, fans should be very happy with not Mims picking Florida State, but also mom. Mom is a big time factor in this. And I think the relationship between her and Coach Atkins is is playing has been playing dividends since his recruitment before going to Georgia. Um and so it, it's going to continue. You know, like I said, there's multiple there's multiple things planned during this visit process for him. We'll see. You know, I've been told the hotel's booked through Saturday. He could stay there, could not. But I know events are planned for tomorrow and also tonight. We'll see. I want to go more. You know, we've kind of already shared all that. How would this affect Florida State's offensive line? Let's just say Mims ends up picking Florida State. What do you do? On one more win for sure. Line? One more. One more win that impacts. One that more part. win, um, for sure. Um, I, I think it, it, it's that much of a of an impact for FSU. You know, you can move. You know, we saw saw in the spring game. We saw it throughout camp that there's still question marks at tackle. Um, that question mark is is definitely put to bed. 
Um, that allows you to move Robert Scott over to the right side. You, you can keep Washington at guard, which it seems like they want to do. Um, you, Gibbons and Mims on the left side. I mean, so you have two booking tackles that keeps Travis healthy. You know, Florida State beats Florida last year if Travis doesn't get hurt and they go to a bowl game. So, yeah, like you said, I think you get a, a prototypical left tackle who you know is is a legitimately talented player. You know, didn't mm-hmm. didn't get a lot of burn this season at Georgia, but you have to look at how deep they were and him being a true freshman as well. I think if he, if he comes to a team that's in a situation like Florida State, you you can pretty much pencil him in there at one of those two tackle spots. I know most of his reps at Georgia came on the right side, but. Really, when you look at him, I think his future is on that left side. And it allows you to really give Robert Scott, Darius Washington, Bless Harris a battle for that right tackle spot. Whoever loses, you can try him out inside and see what happens. It's another valuable depth piece. Um, and it just makes that offensive line a little bit more stronger. You feel a little bit more comfortable if someone was get, to get banged up because now you're probably pushing someone who already has experience into that backup role instead of a starting role. Yeah, that's what I was, I was just about to mention, the depth. You get Mims, the, the depth gets infinitely more better because, like you said, if if Washington gets bumped out, you know, he's got tackle flexibility. You still have Bless Harris with tackle, fle- tackle flexibility. And you still have guys behind him that are developing in Rodor and Lloyd Willis. So it, it would finally give this team some depth on the offensive line that we haven't seen in, what, 12, 15 years? Uh, years. Yeah, yeah I, I think that, you, you know, what what we saw this spring, I think Rodor is a, a guard. Um, you know, Willis took some steps, which is good. But, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, eight wins would be realistic. The schedule is not – it's not a, a super tough schedule. You know, there, there's not a, a surefire loss as, as there was a couple of years ago. You know, Clemson even. You know, Florida State gave them a, a really tough game last year, um, and I expect that again. Um, you know, Clemson – you know, would be favored for sure, but it's not a surefire, you know, 99% loss. You know, you look at you look at the schedule, it's very manageable this year. And, you know, showing up your offensive line, keeping Jordan Travis healthy, which, you know, this team is significantly different. No, you're good. You're yeah. good, Nate. Yeah, this damn dog. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Dogs are yeah. being dogs. Yeah. So, excited. They're excited maybe yeah. about Mems. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Delilah's really pumped up about what could happen with this offensive line. So no, but you know, I, I I think that you know, you get a prototypical left tackle. Six seven, three thirty, seven you know, seventy one inch. He looks span. good, Nate. Like you said, he does yeah. look good. That I was gonna ask Dustin, you know. You saw him a lot today, saw, Dustin. How did he look, like body, body type wise? It's, Im- it's impressive. So I'll I'll say you know he's all of the six seven and you know his his body not sloppy at all if that makes sense for being someone who Georgia is reporting weighing in at three hundred and thirty pounds he definitely doesn't look it and I don't know, he was towering over everybody out there over you. Yeah, I, did not I mean, I didn't get that close to him. I think Coach, Coach Norvell is trying to shoo me off. You know, he, he's not really happy with all the media out there today. But <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll all be in a better mood tomorrow. Well, well I, it's understandable why Norvell be pissed off at the media. Yeah, all right, no, moving it's, on. 
it's it's a, it's an iffy. It's definitely an iffy situation. I want I do want to get some pictures on here. There's a question on there if someone wants to take that. I do want to get some pictures of. Them I, I, I think you know, Armella. There's three guys coming. Well, you're yeah, hoping yeah, Woody comes. Yeah, but you have three I, in total on the yeah, line. Yeah, I, I think how Armella fits into it is that, um, you know, I, I, I've said it for a while. I think Armella's feature is at guard. Um, just his playing style, you know, how physical he is. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, his traits bode well for guard. But I think, you know, you could look at him being a right tackle as long as, as Mims is there. You know, he does have position versatility. But, you know, you could put Mims and Armella next to each other, and that would be a really dominant left side of the offensive line. Go back. Go back. Open that back up, Logan. Oh, okay. Why does it got to be your Twitter? Well, I have to like, well, got the good photos. He, on. Wouldn't, like, he wouldn't send me these. To, why why, why to couldn't it be Dustin? Look at, that, look at that watermark that's back there on that van window. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I have to. I can't let these let these jits steal it up over there and get it on Instagram nowadays. It's like a man. sticker. It, it is. Like Someone's doing the branding for us out there. <laughs> Someone's branding for us on their uh, window. <laughs> I, 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 I dig his style, too. A little, little poetic justice. Yeah, I know, right? Got the fit. And, if it happens, that needs to be the title of the article. Yeah, there, there's your six, seven, and Short three title. Three. Those are those are monster <laughs> You know well, me. Those, I'm not. I'm not. Austin, awesome. you can't get you can't can't get no, mad at me but, about my. You, you, you see the one with the him in the, in the wife beater. You know he's very, very much built like the current tackles are that are in, in pro ball. You look at Evan Neal, who's arguably the top tackle in the draft. You know, he's the days of the 6'4", 340 guys is gone. You know, he doesn't look like he weighs 330. He looks like look he weighs. Water bark. I'm sorry, Nate. That's, <laughs> on that That's a good photo. That's a good photo right there. That looks like a happy coach to me. That looks like I a his happy polo coach. Too. His polo is hard. You should have put, yeah. uh, put it on his right chest. No no, 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 no. I'd have a DM the next, yeah. the next nah, day. No, but. You know, he right there is the prototypical left tackle that is, you know, coming in, playing three years, and going to the NFL. Everyone yeah. wants Bama, Georgia tackles. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, and just going back to Armella real quick before we move on. You know, I I don't I don't think Florida State's in a position right now on the offensive line where any true freshmen this season are really going to be competing for playing time. I think they have enough experience up front and enough depth from previous classes where they're not going to need to rely on true freshmen at the same time. Hopefully Armella does come in and instantly start competing for a backup job. We'll just have to see, you know, it's a lot tougher for offensive linemen who are coming in in June rather than some of the guys who got here in January. So it's, it's just kind of a fluid situation. Everyone's a little different. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we're going to continue to, you know, if anything happens while we're live here, you never know. It's Thursday night. It's 414. We all know what that means. So you never know what could happen tonight. But uh, if anything happens while we're on the show, we'll keep you guys updated on what we're hearing. So uh, and we'll also have full updates throughout the weekend on Amarius Mims visit. Uh, like I said, expected to go through Friday and might be leaving Saturday. But that that hotel's booked on Saturday. So we'll see. You will see. It would be definitely a gigantic land. It will be Florida State's biggest land under Coach Norvell and would be an immediate impact to where, like Nate said, it could impact the game being a win or a loss. So um, 
definitely we will keep an eye on. And, and real quick, it also tells other elite offensive linemen that, hey, you know, so, something's going on here that, you know, could bode, bode well for me too. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. and before we move on, just want to say, you know, Florida State, they're not taking anything for granted on this visit. Um, you know, obviously being there at the hotel yesterday to – greet him and his family when they arrived in Tallahassee. But then same thing this morning, you got the entire staff out there waiting for Amarius Mims, Norbell's out there to greet him, Coach Atkins, everybody. They bring him in. There's a giant congregation of people waiting in the more, I'm guessing, you know, basically the entire rest of the football staff, the athletic staff, letting out a big cheer, war chants blaring. There was even two people up on the roof of the Moore Center. I remember I was sitting there taking a picture of Mims and I hear someone saying, come to Florida State. And I look up and like 50 feet up, there's two people up on, <laughs> on the top the damn of the roof, like screaming down at him. So they're they're doing everything they can. I heard he got a couple. He went to a couple uh, nice places to eat in Tallahassee, some of the, the finer dining. So as an offensive lineman, uh, I'm sure he's enjoyed himself today. So Whataburger and where else? <laughs> Whataburger's later tonight, but I'm, uh, I'm sure they'll hit no, the that, That's a fine dining spot. No. Nah. <laughs> That's later tonight. No, that was true. The source told me they had, so we couldn't go into the more because, you know, we can't, media can't go in there. That's, that's probably, that's Florida State's establishment. But inside of the more was even crazier, Dilo, because on the railings, four levels in there, all across the um, railings right there, looking down were people a part of the program waving, saying hello, you know, celebrating him coming in, doing the war chants. So that was a really, probably really cool experience to see him looking up and seeing all, a lot of the football program and the staff and the members there, uh, you know, congratulating him for at least arriving to FSU. We'll see if it ends up being an even bigger celebration after the weekend or maybe sometime next week. It seems like this recruitment kind of wants to be sealed up earlier said than done. They want to kind of get this thing wrapped up. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on if it does he does end up making it down to Miami, but I will say right now, relationships wise, Florida State I think is in a way better spot than maybe down there in Miami. So we'll see. Uh, let's jump into some spring game stuff because we also got some recruiting details to go over. But me, D. Lou, uh, Maddox were there in attendance for this one. It's a spring game. You know, it's a spring game. It's definitely even more quieter and weirder when you're in the press box because like it just feels like you're at another practice almost but we got to see a few signs and we talked about a few players that we thought that maybe could show out on Saturday and one of those was Trey Benson who kind of showed everybody that hey I'm fully healthy shut the flying f up I'm good to go I'm fully you know I'm I'm good and explosive and I can cut which he did And you got to see how well he did seven carries, 77 yards. And it looks like that could potentially be your guy that you can have all around the field. And he looks, he looks like he's got some power to him too. That's a, that's a solid bag. What were y'all thoughts on Trey Benson? And then we'll get to Micah Pittman here in a second. You know, we've been hearing it since he enrolled there. There was a lot of worry from the fan base about that knee, but maybe not as much so um, from people within the program and, you saw why on Saturday. This is a guy who I think now, after seeing him play, you can say he's he's fully recovered from that knee injury he suffered, and he's back to that point where he's confident on the leg again. You know, you mentioned him cutting out there. He had multiple 20-plus yard runs where he was in a little bit of burst out there. I mean, he, he was the best-looking running back on the day. Now, I'm sure Florida State, they try to protect 
Treshawn Ward a little bit because they know what they have in him and probably wanted to see how Benson worked in these scenarios a little bit since this is their first time putting him in, in something like that in front of the, the 30,000 fans and everything. But he he looked good. You know, he, he's a natural out there. And like you said, Logan, there if he keeps gearing up as we move towards the fall, there's a chance he can contribute all over the field for that offense. Really like him as a second fiddle uh, to Treshawn Ward along with Lawrence Toa Philly. I'm not sure if you can keep him off the field. I, I, I'm not sure if he's going to take that number one spot. Um, you know, as, as much as, you know, I, I, I love Tashawn Ward. Um, I just, what, what I saw from Benson, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. Um, the guy that big can move that quickly. Um, it, it's a great, it's a great combo. Um, I think some people thought, you know, I was crazy when, I put that one of my you know, predictions that he leaves camp top of the, the depth chart. And I, I, I think it's really a legitimate conversation to see he's a running back one. Uh, I think he's had that good enough of a spring. Um, and, and I agree they protected, you know, Sean Ward, kept them, you know, limited here and there. They did, did the same with Benson to take care of that knee. But, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, that kid has some juice, and he's going to really help that running back room. So you have what I think right now are your top three in Benson, Ward, and Toa Philly, and then you have a guy like DJ Williams who can come in from time to time, and then you have a guy like Ronnie Hill who can be really dangerous in the in the, in the the passing game. And that doesn't even talk about C.J. Campbell, who had a really great spring. So while, while there isn't a five-star Kid that you know has come in and is on that on that roster at running back. They have very capable guys that I, I, I think are going to help that run game tremendously. I, I, I really like what it's off in Benson. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I thought he looked smooth, and that's something that wasn't really going to be a shocker for us for those being able to watch practices. This was, like I said, just kind of another one of those practices and watching Benson explode like that. Is something that I think Florida State fans are going to be very excited to see hopefully come this fall whenever he puts it on against a true opponent. And I think, too, you look over, we'll stay on the offense for a little bit before we talk about a future maybe big-time player on defense with Jared Verse. Let's talk about Micah Pittman, too, because we saw him get into a game and then after one play have to go back to the locker room, which was kind of a little – made some fans a little nervous there. But he came back, looked to be fully healthy, and showed some flashes, too. And it goes to show kind of how Florida State – how they're going to utilize him next year. Definitely in the short game passing uh, routes. And, you know, he's got really good vision too, guys. That's something that I think to Florida State, Magnerville, they saw that in film. And I think too, fans were thinking, you know, this is a special teams guy. He's going to contribute a big time, which he is going to do that. But I think people are going to be a little shocked by how much he he might be an X factor on the offense this upcoming year for, for Florida State, just because of how good he is with his vision. You know, I know some people are freaking out about the passing game, but what four 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 linemen were out, didn't play, held out. You know, if if I could be wrong, you know. But you know, Pittman's going to be an athlete in that offense. Um, you know, not to jump ahead, maybe we'll talk about it. You know, when we talk about Jordan Young, but you know, does does FSU go back to the portal for another guy, or do they sit in what they have? But um, 
the only concern I have is, is it seems like, you know, you got to fix the drops with uh, with Wilson. And he had a couple of drops that were um, got to be cleaned up, just mental things. And you know, had it happen in, in, in the scrimmages. So, you know, just small little things that, you know, they, they got to be fixed. Yeah, I agree with that. I think for the most part on offense, you know, being a spring game especially, they they kept it pretty basic, pretty vanilla overall. And mm-hmm. once the once the fall gets in and they're actually playing games, that's when you'll see some more of the complex stuff and hitting those deep shots. But you know, all in all, like you said, Nate, I, I really Johnny Wilson excellent in some of those practices, but he did have some drops in that spring game and. There was also some mistakes by the quarterbacks as well, you know, from Travis to Rodemaker to AJ Duffy. Um, so yeah, really just want to see that that chemistry continue to develop over these next couple of months. I think it's going to be crucial for those four transfers to continue finding their place in the offense. Um, you know, one guy who I thought you know seemed to come on, uh, and I know Logan and Dustin, you were there a few times. Logan, you were there. Um, what was Kinshawn Portier? It seems like towards the back end of uh, of of practice, you know, he started to really come on. Um, that's a guy I've always liked. I think yep. that he's going to play a part. Um, you know, I, I I think that you know the coaches like what you have in him. But you know, going back to Pittman, you know, I didn't get to watch the spring game live. You know, I watched it later, but I, I do like you know, the versatility that Pittman can bring you towards the goal line. You know, he's super, super quick and, and explosive. And, you know, that's just another dynamic, you know, we can get inside the 20, you know, he, he can stretch the field, get, he can get sideline to sideline and he gets up the field very quickly. Yeah, no, Portier has had a really good spring and mm. I'm really excited. He had a beautiful one-handed grab. I think the FSC media is going to be putting it out here soon, but he had a really good grab on Florida State's last practice of the spring on Tuesday and I thought out of the veteran guys that are there and you know you were wondering who may be hitting the transfer portal he had a very very out of all the guys that have been there he had mm-hmm. a really good spring except for of course Malik McLean let's don't yeah. forget that Malik McLean is still on this still on this yeah. roster but for guys that are out of the potential we knew Malik McLean is is a starter heading into 2022 but you had to figure out out of a veteran side who was going to be leaving and I think Portier is here to stay and, and Kitchon too is really good on the back shoulder stuff, and and that's a big part of today's offenses. So, you know, I hope Norvell and the coaching staff kind of realizes that, and you know, that could be a weapon. He's a big guy. He's all a six two, you know, one eighty five, one ninety. So he's got a great frame, and he uses it well. He understands yeah. how to use his body to create separation. Someone that had a lot of separation and got to the quarterback pretty quickly was uh, Jared Verse. Jared Verse, my guy. I've been high on him, and I'm going to stop saying it because I think he's kind of just established himself now as a pivotal factor, I think, on Florida State's defense, defense because you're still trying to figure out who your starting defensive ends are. But um, who had a great spring, but talk about the spring game, man. I mean, we only got to see a little bit of him as kind of expected, but whenever he was in there, I was pointing to d and saying, Watch number five this play and see what he does to disrupt the play. And, yep, bull rushes the offensive lineman, the tackle, and goes up and almost, I think, batted the ball uh, for J-Trav. I thought Jared Verse, you know, out of that defense, a guy that that shined on Saturday. And not, also that, and then special teams blocked the field, uh, blocked a, uh, was it a punt? Field goal. Field goal, field, field goal. goal. 
blocked the field goal. Jared versus here. Jared versus here. Um, and I'm very excited for uh, the fall for him because like Adam Fuller said in the press conference today, he's still a guy that wants to get coached and they're still working on his technique. And the ceiling is so much, so high. It's very high for him. But to see him take that from, you know, just spring practices to taking it to inside Doke his first time there and seeing that that doesn't really change for him much because some players it does rattle. We saw with Johnny Wilson was an absolute menace this spring coming down with balls that we weren't expecting him to have. We didn't see that in the highlight tapes and spring practice do it. But then when it came to the game, what, what was up with the drops, which, you know, that was definitely not expected from us being able to go watch those practices. But with Jared verse, it's Jared verse, you know, it's not going to change no matter what. And I don't think it's going to change when it's, you know, eight o'clock LSU FSU mm-hmm. prime time uh, on Labor Day weekend. So, so, so verse had the best, Spring of any defensive lineman for sure. I think right behind him still is Derek McClendon. Um, I, I think that's your two starters. Um, come opening day, opening day. I mean, I agree with it, you right now. You know, he had a tremendous spring. Um, looks, looks great. Busted his tail. You know, if if you put verse here, I think you put. McClendon not far underneath them. So, you know, that's exciting. And, you know, you have Briggs and, you know, Patrick Payton had a really good spring. So, got to like what you can see there. Um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not surprised that verse came on, but I am surprised just, you know, sometimes, you know, just adjusting to that level. But when you're as much of a freak athlete as he is, you know, and I think the most surprising part is, to me, is that he's just a he's a jerk on the field. I love that part. You know, he ain't not afraid to just go, come after you. I think I, I didn't expect that. That's my favorite part by far. And that gives me Timmy J vibes. <laughs> he just does not care. Oh, dude, you, come after you. you good? Is everything good in there? <laughs> it's always good here. <laughs> Do not hear the crash. Something's happening. That is every. It's an every minute thing, dude. <laughs> Kids uh, and dogs, man. Yep, something's happening. But go ahead, D'Lo. Yeah, I think one of the most impressive things about Verus is he got here in January for the tour of duty, and just ever since, I mean, he's just continued to improve, continued to make his name heard uh, throughout this process, and it culminates with that spring game performance where he had two sacks two tackles for loss. You mentioned the block field goal, but really, and you said it, Logan, watching him every play, we were up there with our binoculars. Uh, thanks for buying those. How much, were, how much those cost? Uh, really heavy, like 20 something dollars. So we have to work a little bit harder. And you couldn't even get two pairs. There was one single pair, a tiny binocular. I hand it to you. I hand it to you. Got yeah. It. I had to share your binoculars to watch the offensive and defensive line. Thank you. But anyway, like every play, especially passing plays verse, if he wasn't making the sack, like he was right there in the backfield, just making guys look silly. And and whether that's a product of playing against Florida State's offensive line or if it's a product of just being a damn good football player, which I think is the case, um, Verse succeeded. And you said it, Nate, um, his transition from the FCS to the FBS, there were some question marks, you know, about how quickly he would be able to adjust to this level. And he's passed every test uh, with flying colors to this point. And, really turned into not only a good player, but an emotional leader 
for that defense and kind of reminds me of Jermaine Johnson in that sentiment. And I think it's just going to continue. He seems like a really team oriented guy. And throughout the process between him picking the Florida state and getting here, um, you know, we got the chance to interview him. Just seems like a really stand up individual, someone that already has uh, the right head on their shoulders and someone ready to succeed. And he came to Florida state to do that and he's proven it. So I don't think it's, you know, Maybe it's it's you know getting too far out, out out of context, but you know I I think what I saw from the spring, I don't think you get the dynamic play that you have with Jermaine Johnson. I still think that you get you could still have the same amount of sacks that him and Kier Thomas had, or, or as a unit. I still think you get as many sacks, maybe a few more, because I think that. You know, FSU has a really good interior uh, defensive line, and I think they have, like I said earlier, four four guys, and that's not even including Kushan Fuller, who had a pretty solid spring. So you have five guys who can get after it. Um, so I, I don't think that you know, coming into spring, we kind of talked about on here, you know, where do the sacks come from? I think that you know that question was answered. Yeah, no, you can definitely see that. Um, the impact that you'll have with McLendon and Jared versus is going to be uh, great. And you figure out, you see Pat Payne make flashes this spring. You know, we'll have a whole another podcast to kind of recap the spring. So I won't dive into every player, but there's definitely some exciting players behind that. Like coach Adam Fuller said today <clears throat> that he was really pleased with how also Bishop Thomas and Daniel Lyons showed up to the spring and performed for true freshmen coming in and how well they played. And how I'm right there. Uh, I, I'm hundred percent agreeing with, Adam Fuller. I wasn't expecting to see much, too much from Thomas and, and Daniel Lyons. I think Thomas is a little bit head more than Daniel Lyons. And uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of Thomas. I think that's a guy that, nor, you know, you see Odell Higgins give him some hard coaching. And he did the same thing with Farmer, but Farmer now is going to be an impact player getting into that early rotation this upcoming year. I mean, the defensive line unit, definitely in that interior D line, like Adam Fuller said today, they feel like they're going to be even better than they did last year because you're bringing back everybody. You're bringing back Fabian Lovett. You have a, that's a guy who could have had chances, was hearing out NFL. You have Robert Cooper, very talented guy, who also could be feeling out NFL this last year, decides to come back. You got two tanks in the middle there in your interior, and Florida State was one of, if not the best, in the ACC and and on your run game inside defense. But then you also have Jared Jackson, who had a monster spring. I thought he saw big-time strides, which is a guy that you still have for – couple more seasons and then you also you look at malcolm ray who we saw last year make some strides and flashes and then farmer and then you throw in some some little some guys back there those freshmen bishop thomas daniel Lyons. we'll see how much pt they get but just some people your best group right now there's some people that think farmer had a better spring than jackson i don't know i don't know too much about that i don't believe that not Mm -hmm. for me at least Jared, Jared kind of hit a different gear that I, I, I didn't I, see. I, I've heard it both ways, but even yeah, being able to have that was. debate is great. Yeah, yeah. No, I would. That would be great. I mean, Farmer definitely had his flashes. Just the power that he has, and mm-hmm. dude, we saw it toward duty in the first practice. Nate, when you were there, you we saw how big Farmer put on some size there. But you get to see his punch and his rip has just gotten so much better. And this was our first time being able to see a spring, so not you know can't go off of what we were doing while being credentialed and watching you know game prep type practices in the fall but just to see 
the power that he brings and what he brought this spring was impressive. I thought Jared Jackson had a very good, definitely the second half of spring, another gear kicked with him. And I don't know really what happened, but someone pissed him off and uh, it's going to be fun watching JJ. Uh, and he's turned into a leader too. That, that interior defensive line group, I think, and I don't think it's really a big argument. That's your best unit on this team heading into 2022 by far most reliable. Yeah. You mentioned the four guys and, you know, they're all bonafide starters and we'll see if Joshua Farmer can get into that rotation as well. Florida state just bringing back an, an immense amount of depth and talent at the interior defensive line. And, and really I think that, and the defensive backfield can develop into it. Those two position groups are kind of the backbone of that defense. You're going to look to that interior to create a lot of havoc. And hopefully at the same time, it's going to open up what those guys on the edge want to do in verse and McClendon and Dennis Briggs and all the guys there, the, the defensive line, it could be a real problem for some teams next year, Florida state. They've got a bunch of different pieces that they can play in a variety of factors to certain players strengths. So some guys can be out there to help stop the run. Some guys can come in on third down package to help get to the passer. There's some interesting combinations and Adam Fuller, Odell, coach JP, I think they're going to have some fun leading up to August, kind of figuring out where to put these guys on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go to quarterback real quick, too, because we saw them in the spring game. We know we saw a lot of the interceptions there and goal line drills and everybody's freaking out, losing their minds. I will say, you know, I want to go straight to Tate Rodemaker. You know, this this QB one, I don't really need to talk more about that. I still think there's definitely some learning and and developing there for for Jordan Travis, but he showed me what I need. So he was by far alone the best quarterback in that room. There's no need to dive in on Jordan Travis right now. Hard not to be that spring. day. Yeah. But looking at, you know, looking at QB two, there's they got to look at the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I don't know what maybe some other people were seeing and reporting on and you know. There's a reason why we got X's and Nulls, our guys over there. Uh, being, a little sarca- being, being a little back sarcastic. To back, back to bat. The, the Heisman spring winner, uh, Rodemaker. But I, I went to every single practice, and I don't think I'm a uh, straight on analyst. You know, X's and O's guys, X's and Nulls, I should say, X's and Nulls <laughs> guys. They, they know a little bit more about me. They evaluate, they look at the plays, all this kind of stuff. But just from awareness and watching practices, I didn't see anything change there. Nothing of an upside for maybe Rodemaker. And that that's a, that's not a great sign from a guy that you're hoping to take that next step to, you know, you feel good about having a QB2 to go and throw into a game. Let's say I'm not going to say it because that would be bad luck, but if you lose if you lose Jordan Travis in a, in a big time game early on in the season, you you got to have a guy behind him that you feel comfortable throwing in there. And right now, I don't feel like Duffy and Rodemaker, there's not a huge separation there. Yes, Rodemaker, he has more experience. He has more chemistry. He understands his reads more. But there's not a huge step up from Duffy, who just arrived and is as a true freshman quarterback, is sometimes making some good throws that Rodemaker's doing on the same thing. I just don't – I don't know. I, I think that some – places i mean that's their opinion mine is mine but i just did not see a big time progress from rodemaker this spring and that uh, might I, just be me i agree with you logan i think that you know tate's a good practice arm i said it on here i said that on here a couple of times i think that you know this spring is a pure clean example that fsu needs to hit the portal for a backup because if they land men's the only thing keeping this from being a competitive year is the health of Jordan Travis. 
And we saw in the Florida game, you know, what happens, you know, if Tate's got to be depended on, and, and that wasn't pretty. Um, and Duffy's just not ready yet. Um, I, I I fully on agree. I think that, you know, they had to look at the portal for a backup. And I get it. Quarterbacks aren't transferring to, to sit behind. I understand that. But, you know, there's still got to be some tires kicked on some guys to see if they can get get him into Tallahassee because it, it's just it, it's, it's not a – I think that might be one of the biggest question marks coming out of spring is what happens if, you know, God forbid, Jordan goes down. Right. You know, we, we could uh, really use a Chubba Purdy right now. That kind of threw a, a wrench in everything. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, that didn't that didn't help. That well, he can go. What is it? Back up or keep third string quarterback at Nebraska? <clears throat> tough. Yeah, that is tough. That is really tough. Um, not too pretty. He would uh, definitely be the backup here. I think. <laughs> I think yeah. you guys can agree on that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Florida State's got to find, and that they're in a really sticky situation, man. I mean, you want to get quarterback that can come in and just straight up be a backup but that quarterbacks don't want to do that they don't want to transfer and sit again there's a reason why they're transferring so florida state's in a really sticky spot i mean you brought in alex hornybrook but that was all that was overall a cluster f so that doesn't even that was really I, don't, I don't really want to base that that's really tired, buddy. That was really that's tired. what i'm saying so that's why we're not going to evaluate and say oh that what worked did so it should happen again that was just a complete utter you know what so it went terrible know. too yeah no i mean you're how many quarterbacks played in that season? Just kind of just throwing them in and seeing what happens. Quarterbacks want to come in and start. And so that's why it's a tough situation for like, hey, we want a quarterback. We want you to come. But Jordan Travis is our leader. He's our QB one. But we want you to come, you know, back him up, you know. And if he goes down, yeah, you get your playing time and such. But, a little bit different. You know. It's different how it was last year because, yeah, you know, but, Jordan Travis was competing for a starting job. I mean, quote, two years in. With McKenzie. Two years in, he hasn't stayed healthy yet. So, you know, I, I, you know, I'm hoping the best of him staying healthy. And again, getting a men's, you know, lowers that injury chance significantly. But also, his style of play leads into possibly getting hurt. So, man, it, it's tough, man. It, 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 it's a tough selling point. But I think that they got to get out there and try to make it happen. You got to give a give it a shot, but just in this day and age of college football, it's just such a a tough predicament to be in, you know. Because then it's like, are we bringing in a guy who has more years of eligibility beyond twenty twenty two? How's that going to impact what Duffy's thinking about? How's that going to impact what the guys you have committed are thinking about? Which you know you have quarterback commits in twenty three and twenty four right now. There's there's a big picture scenario, but at the same time, Florida State. They, they need depth of that position. Like you said, I mean, the performances from Rodemaker and Duffy on Saturday simply weren't good enough, you know, and, and I would not feel comfortable if, if I was Florida State's coaching staff at this point and, and having to insert them in a game if Jordan Travis was to go down. And he's missed a couple games over the last couple of years due to a variety of factors. So it's it's an interesting scenario. And you know, Florida State, they were still active in that transfer portal up until June, July last year, um, bringing in guys. I think the last guy to get in was defensive end Marcus Cushney, like two to four weeks before fall camp started. So you can bet that the staff is going to continue to feel things out, to using the portal, 
see who jumps in after the spring, which we're seeing from Florida State side now. It's going to start happening from other schools across the country. So maybe an option emerges. Hello? Hey, I just want to shout out Fire Medic. You know, shout out to you. Fire Medic. Yep. I don't know who who is that in the comments. Yeah. Someone with a correct take is who it is. Yeah. Shout oh, out. here we go. Yeah, here shout we go. Out, shout out Diamond Hands, too. Appreciate the love. <laughs> Says Logan, Dustin, Austin, and Austin are on point. Nate is like listening to nails on a chalkboard. Holding on Appreciate to these guys. That, man. <laughs> Damn. Love hey, that, that is good stuff there. We're hoping that maybe we'll send you an autograph. Nate, do you want to get yep. an autograph sent to him yep. by the weekend? Uh, yeah, I'll send it to you. Go tell. Get him a shirt. I get him a you know, shirt. You sign the shirt and we'll send him one. I'll sign it, yeah. Okay, so, perfect. You know, it seems like your biggest fans in the comments. I, I love it, man. You know, it's just what I've always wanted. <laughs> you, you finally know, made it. You finally yeah, made some it. Some guy I've never <laughs> heard of just having an opinion that I couldn't care less about. <laughs> uh let's jump into some recruiting though before we get into uh, some other things we're going to jump into a lot of ba our basketball but basketball later on the show but also <laughs> the rest of spring and recapping that probably next week or the next week after i don't know we won't rush anything but we'll dive deep into the spring and have our winners and losers position groups players that won players that lost all that kind of stuff so we'll spend that uh probably next week but let's talk about the recruiting weekend guys I mean, a very, very busy one once again. Florida State, you know, catching up with a lot of a lot of high-caliber talent this weekend. And, you know, I think starting off with number one, Florida State having the number one 2024 quarterback, Jaden Davis, in for a visit. And D. Lou, you were in person with him, saw him. We all saw him after the spring game and have a very lengthy conversation. I think one thing – is very significant here in the relationship with Florida State is Tony Tokars with Jaden. Is that is that kind of what you got the vibe from? And what else, D. Lou? Yeah, really with Jaden, like you said, his initial contact uh, with Florida State began when Kenny Dillingham was still the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And since then, Tony Tokars has assumed that role, uh, moving up to be the quarterbacks coach and just jumped headstrong into this recruitment. And one thing with Jaden is he really likes that Tony himself played quarterback uh, during his college career and that he's coached at a bunch of different places. Feels like um, with someone that played quarterback at the college level, he can relate to them a lot more than some some other quarterbacks coach. He mentioned some guys start out at different positions before moving to quarterbacks coach, which I, I thought was interesting. But also his um, conversation with Norvell is something that stood out. He, he said that he's a guy who can see through the BS, and he's like, I see no BS uh, with Coach Norvell. And just mentioned how Norvell is trying to put him in a good position, not only on the football field but off the field to succeed as well, which I think is something we hear from a lot of recruits. And this is a guy with a really good head on his shoulders. You know, his dad's a Marine. He said his mom, when he was growing up, uh, it was no books, no ball. So – He's always been striving to do good in school. And Florida State, I mean, they're they're heavily in this recruitment. He, he said he's feeling good about FSU right now. Didn't want to name, you know, a top list or say Florida State's the leader. But early on in this recruitment, FSU, they're doing a good job. And he said, any place I come on, on my own dad's dime is somewhere I'm considering seriously, which I thought was interesting. You know, his dad, his mom, pretty much the whole family, except for, I think, his sister, 
who he actually mentioned he's going to be coming back. Didn't have a firm date, but he's like, next time I'm back here, my sister will be here as well to check out the basketball side of things. And he did say he'll be back um, in the summer sometime, plan to release a top list this summer. And Florida State, all in on this guy. They went two quarterbacks in 2024, already have Luke Cromenhoek um, committed right now. And Jaden Davis would be the ideal second signal, signal caller to bring in what is currently the number one quarterback in the 2024 class, the number two prospect overall behind Desmond Ricks, who's also an FSU target. So, you know, you you went on the field this year. You're feeling good about the momentum you have going into that 2024 recruiting class. Anybody else during the weekend, d that, you know, you were able to catch up with, you know, we talked with Chris Parson for quite a bit. And after a while, I don't know what else more he can talk about other than maybe the recruitment that he's doing with recruits definitely on these visits, but you know, anybody maybe also worth mentioning that was an house. I went maybe the number one player in the 2024 <laughs> class, maybe that guy, maybe that guy might be worth mentioning. Yeah. Chris Parson did his thing. You know, he was heavily involved in these recruiting efforts once again. And a lot of these guys he's seeing for, you know, the second, third, fourth time. And in, in the case of guys like Roderick Kearney, um, Keon Brown, guys like Tommy Kinsler, you know, Chris Parson, he's already been around those guys before in January and March, now again in April. So just those relationships are, are continuing to be built. This is actually Roderick Kearney's third visit to FSU since January, which is huge because he came out of this one once again, like the last one uh, last month, saying that FSU is still his leader. And Tommy Kinsler been kind of He's a he's a Florida fan, grew up an FSU or grew up a Florida fan, but he's been to FSU so many times. You have to think they're right in the thick of the battle. And Keon Brown, local guy, this was actually his fifth visit to FSU um, this offseason, which you know it's just it's a short ride over from uh, I believe he goes to Rickards. But regardless, um, important to see him visit five times. And you look at his other visit schedule; he's only been to one other school one time. So significant amount of visits in Florida State's favor. And just, man, the 2024 class, absolutely ridiculous. You know, we, we mentioned Desmond Ricks. Then you have Charles Lester, who's basically a top 15 player in the 2024 class, another five-star defensive back. You have C.J. Hurd, who's mm-hmm. going to be a pretty touted defensive back himself whenever he does get a rating, a guy who's already, I believe, over 40 offers. So just – I think he's up to a four-star store. Four-star. Star. Yeah. Four-star. And Jordan Pride as well, a guy committed to FSU. So, I mean, just legitimately some of the top defensive backs in that next class all at Florida State, you're, you're seeing the coaching staff get out to an early start with those relationships. And, you know, there was hope to gain a commitment this weekend. Uh, there was hope Desmond Ricks would commit. Maybe some other guys would commit. That didn't happen um, due, to, due to a variety of factors. But Desmond said coming out of uh, the visit, Florida State still up top. They're the team to beat. And I think FSU, they're still in a good position to get a commitment from him before the offseason is over. But we'll see if that ends up happening. Yeah, I talked to a couple of guys. Um, it seemed like this this visit um, is heavy on 20. This visit this weekend was heavy on 2024. Uh, you know, one thing that Luke Comer Hulk mentioned was just the camaraderie that, you know, even like guys are going to compete. Him and Chris Parsons getting along very well. Um, and, and the overall vibe was, was that they really enjoyed 
what, what you know what the coaches presented to visit you know that there was a good vibe overall from everyone the interest is real and you know there's a lot of interest in fsu like dustin said a lot of these high-rated five-star kids that were in town have a lot, a lot of legitimate interest in fsu and how it plays out will be partly dictated on what happens on the field this year but you know florida state's done a really good job of getting a lot of these kids repeatedly on campus you know this spring so we'll have Updates coming up left and right. I got a bunch to type up. So, you know, the overall vibe was like we've heard from the Elite Junior Day. And anything that the, the staff has done has been a great visit. So, yeah. And just looking through my phone, sticking with 2023, you know, Wilkie Denod back for another mm-hmm. visit. Last time he hinted something might be coming up. I found it interesting this time around. He was asked if Florida State still leads after everything last month. He's like, they're they're in the top five for sure. So I'm not sure if maybe something happened there where he tried to commit and the staff maybe didn't want to take him yet or, or what. But that's a, a scenario to monitor. And also running back Kylan Webb, you know, the running back board. Um, Richard Young just eliminated eliminated Florida State a couple of days ago. So now – they're, they're starting to push for some of those secondary targets a little bit. Kylan Webb, probably going to be one of them. Clemson, Clemson is interested, so that's going to be a battle. And la- last one I'll go with, um, a guy who could be enrolling in the summer. You've got Juco defensive back Justice. Uh, I don't know if it's Ugo or Hugo, but he was on campus for an official visit this weekend, wrapped up on Sunday. Um, really just spent a lot of time with, with Adam Fuller, Coach Woodson, getting comfortable um, with, with what with FSU and learning more about those coaches. And I think Florida State has offered in this recruitment. I think as long as they want them, you know, Hugo is probably going to end up at Florida State. Right now, main competition that he mentioned was Illinois and Kansas. So interesting that Florida State had a defensive back depart from the roster today when mm-hmm. they're pursuing a guy like this who – is able to enroll this summer. I think he has three year, or four years to play three, if I'm correct. This was mm-hmm. he only spent one year in JUCO, which was this fall. He's still there this spring, but he's already earned enough credits to earn his AA and and transfer to a higher institution. If that yeah, makes sense. Uh, and also, too, um, you know, West Virginia just offered, so you know he's still getting offers from you know Division One programs, so. Uh, he's one to watch, for sure. Anything else coming from the weekend, D. Lou or Nate? I'm that- sure. I'm sure I'm missing something, but there was we just don't have so to rush much. on. There will be there will be more that we can go back and talk about next week too. There's after today, more. my brain's a little frazzled. Sorry. There's a lot. I'm not too entirely sure if people are here to listen to the the, the, the biggest. The biggest recruit right now is in town right now. Yeah, that is what everybody is worried about. Once this kind of, hopefully, maybe if it does end up kind of uh, slowing down and the good news part of things, and we'll have that to maybe recap a MEMS part. And then maybe we'll talk more about some of the recruiting latest uh, that we're hearing. And who knows, it might create some momentum for some other guys to swing towards Florida State. We'll see. You never know. Last Uh, important thing to note, Cam Davis back at FSU after that Alabama visit. Yeah, so that's huge. Every every one of Florida State's commits over 23 and 24 were in town, except for Vondravius Jacobs. He had a seven-on-seven event. And KJ Sampson let me know that he was celebrating his mom and, and sister's birthday 
up there in North Carolina. So he, he couldn't make the trip either. But everyone else in town, which is a great sign. And I think we'll see some additions to maybe both classes um, over the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Yep. Florida State doing a very good job getting steady and ready for this 2024 class and also 2023, but seem to be ahead of the game in the 2024 cycle. I, I, I will say one thing about what the running back is. A guy I really, really like on film. The guy competed nationally in the long jump for a, a the AAU circuit. You know, I think he finished like fourth or fifth. Super explosive. I know. You know, he's kind of under the radar right now, but chances with Richard Young were always slim. Um, you know, so be it. It's what happens. But you know, big fan of Smothers. He's probably number one on the board right now. But Webb is a guy who, you know, someone to watch over the summer and, you know, into the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's talk about Hunter Washington and Jordan Young real quick because we've kind of been teasing a little bit here and there and it's been brought up in discussions. But earlier today, uh, it was reported and broke that Hunter Washington, Florida State defensive back, has entered the transfer portal along with wide receiver, veteran wide receiver, Jordan Young Abusement Park, I guess is officially closed here, at least in Tallahassee. But these two guys electing to hit the transfer portal, Hunter Washington, from what you know, I kind of know and the vibe that I'm getting from spring camp, you know, just once more playing time. You know, I, I've seen flashes of Jordan Young, and he's definitely maybe maybe a practice star. Maybe things just aren't going well. Maybe understanding the system, playbook, etc. But he's got the physical attributes that you absolutely love. But on Hunter Washington's side, I think this is just more of wanting more playing time. And you got to see that there are some young guys that moved up in this in this depth chart early on. Like, you're looking at Sam McCall, you're looking at Azare Thomas. Yeah, you brought in Greedy Vance, and then you've got Kevin Knowles, who flashed last year, who's going to be your your potential and most likely starter heading into 2022 in that nickel position. Really tough, really tough kind of position that Hunter Washington's in, at least starting off with him. It's a little surprising. Um, He's your number one rated recruit in this class. You know, uh, but... I think the emergence of the young kids kind of contributed to that. Um, I think that, you know, he's not going to get a lot of playing time, like you said. On the outside, it's extremely competitive right now on the outside for Florida State. Um, You know, it it happens, man. You know, Florida State's in a good spot. There's still a lot of talent in that room, so. I, I am a little surprised because it's it's a guy that Coach Woodson, you know, really dialed in on very quickly um, when he came over to Florida State. You know, he's a guy that he loved at Auburn. You know, Florida State had to hold on to to Hunter Washington. Clemson made a really big push for him towards the end of his recruitment. Um, but again, like we said earlier, sometimes it, it just comes down comes down to fit, and it's not a fit. So you know, I, w- I wish the kid luck. You know, he, he he's a solid kid, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, he finds a spot where he get the playing time he wants. Yeah, I remember him coming out of high school. You know, he was really one of the guys that was solid in that class. Always tweeting out pro tribe twenty one stuff and doing his part to try and get different guys on board. And you know, just this past season, you saw those other two young corners, uh, Kevin Knowles and Amarion Cooper, step up and and really show that they have promising fu- futures and. 
at the same time, Hunter Washington, I'm sure he was frustrated that he didn't have the opportunity to, to break into that role like those two guys did. Was the special teams um, scout team player of the year for Florida State in the fall. But, you know, that's just simply not enough for a guy who wants to compete at the highest level. So I completely understand it in his case, Florida State before his departure, had nine scholarship cornerbacks. And, you know, it's tough to say where he fit in in that pecking order, but probably more of a reserve guy, you know. So I think him moving on, you know, it, it's good for him to get a shot somewhere else and all the all the best to him. Yep. Wishing both of them best of luck. And this is how it goes nowadays. And this is, I think, too, for these two guys that I think could go somewhere and be a splash for other teams, I think this is why the transfer portal – has his upside here because those two guys represented very well for represented for say very well and are and are talented. So I think I don't think any of us are surprised by Jordan Young though. I mean, it was going to be a just, battle between Portier. Yep. You know, we'll still see on Helton yep. Ontario. It's, it's just never clicked for the kid for the kid, man. I like know. You know, it's coming tough. in, you know, I definitely thought he was tomorrow Ontario part two, and it just never came together for him. With four transfers coming in, someone had to be out. Yep. I mean, math had to figure out somewhere. Yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, four to say brought in four transfer wide receivers, you know, so we always knew guys were going to leave this room, and Jordan Young was maybe one of the tops on that list for a lot of guys on this show just because he hasn't been able to produce yet in his college career after, you know, an exceptional breakout senior season in high school that saw him sign with Florida State. That that abusement uh, abusement park highlight tape is probably still one of the best I've ever seen from a wide receiver. I mean, he, he was absolutely ridiculous. I was whenever I was watching that, I was like, you cannot, you can't convince me that this kid's not going to be um, at least a starter at the college level, if not a star. I mean, saw a lot there, but it it hasn't clicked for Jordan Young. We've seen some flashes in practice, just for whatever reason, hasn't been able to carry it into those game scenarios and another guy i mean you know he's he's worked hard he, he's done what he need to do just hasn't been able to get up to that level that florida state would like him at so I, I wish him all the best and last thing on hunter washington just it came to my mind you know you have to think about those other three new def- defensive backs that showed up in january sam mccall isaiah thomas and greedy vance Th- those are three other guys that really competed this spring showed a lot of promise and might have passed him up as well so that that cornerback spot for Florida State, a lot of youth there, but a lot of talent. And it, like I said earlier, you know, along with that interior defensive line, I think the DBs have the best chance to develop into kind of a, a backbone of that defense, something they can rely on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, before we jump into some basketball, we got over 150 on here. Kind of slimmed down once we got off the Marius Mims talk, but 150 here. If you're on YouTube right now, hit the like button if you wouldn't mind. We're almost close to 100 likes. I think we're at 67, but I think we could get to 100 likes. If you like it, it goes to more FSU fans and come and hang out with us. And also, if you are new to the YouTube page, hit that subscribe button so then you also will be notified every time. We go live or at least show up on your YouTube page. So we do these every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Looking to have a lot of guests on this offseason, too, along with current Knowles playing for Florida State. So and hopefully some coaching staff members, too, along the lines during this offseason and the rest of spring and in the summer. So if you haven't yet, hit the like button down below. We would definitely appreciate it, and that definitely helps support us a little bit. BZ. Not a whole lot. Not not as busy as last week. Obviously, definitely not going to be as big as what we had to talk about last week. Which see why leaving 
Coach Ham. But, you know, we've got some portal stuff to also talk about. You know, there's MEMS portal football stuff, and then there's also – got to care about this, Nate. There's also Coach Ham and his portal stuff happening too. Yeah, there's a, there's a decent chance FCU has their own – or FCU basketball has their own uh, big-time transfer on campus this weekend. Um, we've heard a couple rumblings that UCF transfer Darren Green Jr. might be on campus this weekend. We're still trying to confirm it. Um, guy that – I don't know if you all remember. He lit Florida State up in Tallahassee two years ago. I think he was 6 of 9 for 3, 20 points. Kids and a lethal shooter. Um, 37% from distance his last two years on seven attempts per game from threes a lot. We, we haven't had something like that at Florida State in a long time. Even PJ was only pushing about five attempts per game. Um, so it, it's good that they're after a guy like that that has that kind of shot making and shot creating, really, because um, he, he can score from all three levels. Uh, I know he, most of his shot comes from three, but he, he's dangerous from anywhere. Um, they did a Zoom interview with Virginia Tech transfer Nahima Lean, another great three-point shooter, um, up at 30%, a little bit more size to him at 6'5", 6'6". Um, and then I'm going to butcher this last dude's name. Uh, apparently, they're in the, the top four for Norshad Omir um, from Arkansas State, was Sunbelt Player of the Year, um, really talented player, averaged 18 and 12 Um I believe as a redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore, really, really talented kid. Um, I have a feeling he's going to end up at either Miami or Texas Tech, but um, he should be visiting Florida State very soon. You land one of those three guys, you feel a lot better about your, about your next team. Um, the fact that they're after two guards, though, makes me wonder, is something happening with Caleb Mills that we don't know about yet or some other guard? Um, we're not too sure on that yet, but they're after some very talented guards and very talented players, really. Um We'll see if anyone come to Tallahassee. I, th- I think the ship's kind of sailed on Julian Phillips at this point. Um, I know it's still kind of quiet on that front, and everybody wants to he- hear that news, but I just don't see a way it's happening, at least not right now, not without something changing. Um, and I think they need some some veteran play on this team anyways, not another young guy. I know I've said that a few times. Obviously, you don't turn down Phillips if he says, hey, I want to come to Tallahassee. Obviously, you don't turn him down. But yeah. I, 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 think the, I think it's trending away from Phillips for right now. That just because of relationships, or just like there's just other options that look, better. I would say other options. Um, I mean, obviously, see why leaving plays a part, but Smith's recruiting him more anyways. Um, and there's still a lot to play on his recruitment. I don't think he's in a rush to decide, but I, I just think it's you know, Florida State didn't have the best of season. He wants to go somewhere where he can a be successful and be prepared for the next level. Um, maybe he just doesn't see that Florida State right now, which I think would be a mistake because. Florida State has seven guys in the NBA right now. What do you think, Dustin? I'm scrolling on Twitter. What are we talking about? Oh, wow. I'm listening to Beezy. I'm listening to Beezy. He's listening doing y'all talk recruiting. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I needed, a, I needed a break. It's been it's been a long day for me, boys. <laughs> but he's on Twitter. He's still I needed a second that? to show my head. Oh, goodness. No, but I want to get into, so is that kind of the wrap-up on transfers, it, it, or is that's, there that's more? Pretty much it. That's pretty much it, because all of this has come out in the last 24 hours, really. Okay. It, especially the, the Omir news was just announced like three hours ago, four hours ago. What about – kind of surprised. What about the replacement for CY? Any more traction there for Florida State? It, it should be RJ Barsh. Um, there, there's some kind of snag in, in the negotiations, but I, I'm very certain it's still going to happen. Um, I thought it was going to be by the end of this week, but it might be early next week at this that point. I'm still very, 
yeah, the Boise State assistant. I'm I'm very confident that's happening. Okay, gotcha. And then now we're heading to NBA playoffs, which I was talking with VZ that lasts way too long. Uh, what two months of just? Yeah. We still, we still have two more months of basketball. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Way too Saturday, long. Saturday, I'm be glued to the TV. I'm telling you. And I, I love the play-in. Like I know people are like, eh, but it, like the stakes at Brains are so much fun. Mm-hmm. Especially Tuesday night's games were a blast. Both of those games between Brooklyn and Cleveland, and then Minnesota and the Clippers were really, really good games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was cool to see in that that Clippers Timberwolves game. You know, you saw Malik Beasley and Terrence Mann. You know, go blow for blow a couple times. That's awesome. Um, Man had that really nice dunk come down the lane, right hand tomahawk. Beasley had a couple just daggered threes to get Minnesota back in the game when they got down. It was a fun game. It was a really fun game. What about the block from T-Man, though, where he yeah. almost snatched it out of the air? I was like, man, that like is, the, that's a grown man right there. I don't understand the Clippers' minutes with him because I don't think he checked into the game until there was like a minute left in the first quarter. I think he played like five total minutes in the first half, and then he plays almost the entire second half. I'm like, what are, we, what are y'all doing? Like, obviously, he's a good player. Um, he averaged almost 11 points, five rebounds, and three assists this year. Like, play the kid. Mm-hmm. But I agree, man. Playing, it's produced some some great moments. You know, you look at those franchises like Minnesota and, and New Orleans, teams that don't typically have a lot of postseason success. It's huge for them to earn victories like that and fight their way into the playoffs. And it also gives young guys development chances and big moments. Because, yeah, you obviously you play 82 games in regular seasons, whatever, but you get real playoff-like environments. Obviously, they're not in the playoffs yet, but those kind of environments, then you – it brings up moments like Devin Vassell going for a career high 23 points um, last night, hitting seven threes. He was really, really good in that game. And not only was he doing that, but most of the game he was guarding Brandon Ingram. So he was playing on New Orleans' best option and leading his team in scoring. He was remarkable Wednesday night for San Antonio. And it's good to see him take that leap because he went from, what was it? I think he was averaging like two or three points a game his rookie year last year to up to 12 points per game this year. It's a huge jump, huge, huge jump. I'm super, super happy for him. Kind of um, same thing at Florida state, right? You know, yeah. didn't really start uh, contributing FSU until kind of the tail end of that true freshman season. And then bam, breakout sophomore, sophomore year and to the NBA. And you're seeing it again, another breakout sophomore season, setting himself up for a good path in San Antonio and, Obviously, that franchise has been excellent at developing players under Popovich and Vassell, the next guy they have to tap the talent out of. There's no reason he can't be what Mikael Bridges is right now, a guy that's an elite 3 and D option, guy that's in the running for defensive player of the year. There's no reason he can't be that, really, because he's got he's got the same kind of build. Is Scotty going to win this uh, Rookie of the Year award? There's a There's a lot of smoke. I don't think so. I, I think I think it's going to be like I think Mobley's going to win it, but it's going to be close. It's going to be like fifty-five, forty-five. Um, just from ballots that I've seen, I've seen a, I've seen it split pretty down the middle with just favorite Mobley by a couple of votes. Um, it's it's close. I mean, he had a hell of a rookie season. Better yeah. than you thought, Dustin. Mm, definitely yeah. better than I. Definitely yeah. better than I thought. <laughs> better than I thought. I mean, I'm gonna be honest because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't really see his offensive game that developed at Florida State. If you, if you had told me he was going to average 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists, a steal, and almost a block as a rookie, I would have thought you were crazy. 
Um, he hit 30% of his threes on two and a half attempts per game. I mean, he was he hit 55% of his twos. And he was unreal this season. Well, he um, found he, he got a, a rhythm right there, kind of around the free throw line mm-hmm. with that jump shot and also his, his floater. You know, he just kind of figured it out. And then also his shot. You know, you could tell he, he really worked on the fundamentals a lot. And it looked a lot cleaner um, whenever I didn't watch a ton of Toronto, but especially whenever Boston match up with him. Scotty Barnes started to scare me. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, just chill out. It, if I'm feeling, I'm not looking forward to playing this Toronto team. Like, there's. <laughs> That, there is no way that's going to be fun for them. Without their I, best wing defender? Yeah. It, it, well, it's not even that. It's just Harden likes to take advantage of mismatches. Where's the mismatch? You go from Fred Van Vliet to, oh, yeah, let's switch. Oh, Scotty Barnes is on me. Oh, God. Let me switch again. Oh, God. OG Ananobi. Then, then it's Pascal Siakam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then it's Precious Achua. Like, the, it just keeps going. It's just the, Toronto's just long wing after long wing. It just keeps, keeps going. Um. It's going to be interesting. I think what favors Scotty in this rookie of the year vote, he's a little bit more involved in the offense, whereas Mobley is more putbacks and just easy chances around the rim. And then, you know, voters like looking at the stats. You know, right. Scotty's having a little bit more in points, not that much, but a little bit more. It's going to be a close race. I'm really excited that he's even in the conversation. Um, I think a lot. I think a lot of us thought, eh, he'll be okay his first year, but he's going to be one of those guys that three or four years down the line, we're going to go, oh wow, this guy's really good. He's really good to win. Shout out to him. Yeah, I think Mobley edges it out, but Scotty Barnes is still going to be the first team all rookie. And, for sure. you know, like I said about Devin Vassell, setting himself up for a really nice future in this league, you know, especially a guy with his work ethic. I mean, we could, we could talk about a lot of these FSU guys thriving. Pat had 35 points in the season finale, um, had 10 points, I think, in mm-hmm. six of his final seven games as, as he's getting healthy. Um, wow. You know, it, He's coming around right at the right time when Chicago needs a big guy that can play some defense. Um, I don't see him going for 35 every game, but, you know, if he can give him <laughs> 10 to 15 points in the playoffs, that's all they really need from him. Um, let DeRozan, let Levine, let those guys get their buckets and just have Pat play good defense and contribute as the fourth or fifth option. That's really all they need from him. Um, you know, Trent Forrest got signed to a full-time contract right before the playoffs, so he'll be playing in the playoffs. Shout out to him. Um and we've already talked about Malik Beasley being a huge part of that Minnesota team. Guy that can come in, hit three, four threes a game, give that team a boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's fun to watch those guys, and I'm extremely happy for them. I'm extremely happy. It's fun. They're entertaining guys. Definitely like Terrence Mann, man. I remember watching him this last uh, – that was it last summer? Yeah, it was last summer, and watching him face off against the Mavs, and that was definitely fun. fun it was a fun series. Was a Mavs really fun series. Like I was in Dallas, so I was watching them. Not be so much of fans of Terrence Mann, but me having, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't wearing FSU stuff, but I, you know, there was garnet and gold on me, and them, they weren't too happy with uh, me pulling for Terrence Mann at the bars. And I might have been drinking a little bit too much, but what's new, right? <laughs> what's and new? I, I did see the, cause, the comment asking if Isaac will ever be back. Um, mm-hmm. I know they announced like five weeks ago that he was going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, I think there was some kind of setback in his hamstring yeah, or something hamstring. like that. Yeah, so he had, a, he had, I think, he had a surgical procedure actually. Yeah, so at this point, we'll we'll see what he's like come preseason. Um, mm-hmm. Give him another what five months to recover. I hope he can recover and get back to playing like the John Isaac we all know he is. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, Orlando's got so many guys that play that three four role, and you know, Franz Wagner, Chumo Kiki, 
I mean, they, they've, they've got a lot of guys that, that, that play that same kind of position. So even if he does come back, he may not get that much playing time. But at the same time, he signed a big contract. I think he signed for what sixty nine million a couple mm. years ago. They got um, he got a good a, a good extension like right before the injury. Yeah, like right before the bubble. Um, so we'll see. Um, I also want to give shout out to Fianu Cavangeli, who is hooping in the G League finals right now. Um, had eighteen points and eighteen boards at halftime. Um, so shout out my boy Fee. Yeah, no. needs needs to be Damn. on the roster. I don't I don't know why he's not on an NBA roster right now. He's too talented. Where's Balsa at? Still in Serbia. <laughs> Still on uh what's the I think he's on Red Star. He's playing well there. He's playing really well, but Yikes, he's not mm, surprised. You wouldn't know the Serbian team he's on. I mean they they have two really good professional development teams. It's Red Star and I for, I forget what the other one is. I'd have to look it up. We don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't Is worry. Is Red Star the, the one that uh Jokic was on? Probably. Yeah. They they have two really good teams. I'd have to I'd really have to ask my, my friend who's a scout tell me. Um <laughs> just random. Yeah. I was saying there's a Serbian team that like tries to overinflate people's stats to get them recognized with the NBA. And that's kind of what happened with Jok or Jokic when he got picked. And now they have a guy who they're doing the same thing with. Dude, his name is Nikola Jovic. Yeah, Jovic. Jovic. It's, yeah. Like, it's it's one letter different. Uh, it's J-O-K-I-I-C. That's that's Jokic. And then you have uh, J-O-V-I-C. Thank God. Thank Jovic. God you did it, dude. Guys, we've I, I can, really can, hit the crowd now. Guy. Yeah, I know. We're really keeping them entertained here at 10 o'clock about the different names. There's a podcast. Serbian team. We're, we're here, Listen, guys. I've been itching to talk basketball all week, so. I'm so, let me get my 20 minutes, okay? No, 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 I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. I'm here. I'm learning things every day. I don't know some of the names that you are talking about at all, but I'm learning. At least I'm here to I mean, listen. Hey, I'm not saying when, when y'all talk about recruiting, y'all say these names. I'm like, mm. whoa, at least I'm interested in listening. You're just like, mm, I'm here to listen. I'm keeping an eye out for news, to be fair. You well, can I drop some news? At, can I drop no, no, some no, no. news for the late night crowd? The late night no, crowd? You, you, you That's you why we try to tell people to stick around. Stick around. Uh, QB1's currently with uh, Marius Femmes right now. We'll drop that in there just for the late night crowd that listen to this. I mean, none of the Damn, podcasts. Gino English. Yeah, Gino English hanging out That's with Marius Femmes tonight. Now the Georgia boys are together. Tayton, Tayton Mims. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if, if a lot of the QB room is with the Marius, but I do know I can say that. Jordan Travis is spending some time, at least this evening. Don't know how long it will last, but those guys have a little hanging out tonight. Could Good. Gino English be your backup quarterback in 2022? Oh, Jesus. I was, was going to make a joke about it while y'all were talking about Look it. One, one, out, of, one out of one, 20 yards and, and a rushing touchdown. You know, he had, he had as many completions as AJ, more touchdowns than Jordan Travis. I see a lot to like in the guy. Mm. Look at this. Look at this. Well, if you enjoy late night little little nugs, we'll do them more at the end of the podcast. But you got to hit the like button, right? Eighty-one likes. I thought we'd I thought we'd hit one hundred likes before we got off, but we came so close. We came so close. But yeah, before you guys leave, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe. We'll be going live next Thursday night at eight thirty. If anything pops, if Amarius Mims decide to become a Seminole, then we will most likely do an inter- instant reaction, or if I will do it by myself, no matter what. But uh, we'll do an instant reaction if that does end up happening. But like we talked about earlier, Maris Mims in town visiting, visited today. Plans on having a couple events tomorrow that he will be at. And then we will see. There's a photo shoot that I know is planned tomorrow. And the hotel is booked through Saturday. So 
We will give you guys the latest in the Discord. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at the Null Game Day. We're also on Facebook and Instagram if you guys want to go follow over there. Definitely appreciate everybody hanging out with us this evening. This will be uploaded on the podcast. So if you guys are new here, we also upload it to the podcast iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. It's all on there. So you guys can go listen to that if you don't want to see our faces anymore. I wouldn't blame you at all. One more thing. Shout out my boy, Jared Lynn, grad assistant with FSU basketball. Is cancer free today. Oh, wow. That's great news. Shout out my guy. That is great news. That's a great way to end off the podcast there. That is awesome news. Wow. Really cool. Um, All right, guys. Let's end it off on the good news there. Everybody enjoy the rest of y'all's week and weekend. And uh, we'll keep you guys updated. Enjoy the weekend. Peace. Mama told me not to say a word. Mama said to take five